Hello everyone and welcome back to Finance with JCL, here to help you on your journey to financial freedom. Uh, today's show is around a subject of my portfolio update. So it's getting towards the end of the year, so I thought I'd share the latest view on how I'm going with the 1 million challenge, I'm on track with that. And then a couple of new bits of information about my portfolio. And I want to share this because I think it will help you in terms of as if you're investing in the market, how you should on a periodic basis actually review your portfolio, see how you're doing it, your target, and actually see are you on track with your plan or not? Have you been making good decisions? Do you need to make any adjustments? So we'll get to that as we go. So I'll start off with a reminder of the plan that I'm looking to achieve. And that plan for this part of my portfolio is to add 300 a month into my investment account. And it's a tax-free investment account, so for those in the UK, that's a stocks and shares investment ISA. I'm going to assume at the very, very minimum conservative growth rate of 6.66%. Now, when I make uh, investments into individual companies, I'm going to be looking for 10% really, so in excess of that. But uh, the index part of my portfolio will grow a bit slower, an average rate of return. At the very least, I want to match the market, so that would be, let's say, 6.66% over a long period of time. Starts this year, uh, sort of starts with a, a line in the sand at 20,000, and the target for the end of this year, 2020, was to be at 24,932, so 25,000 for all intents and purposes, and that would be based well, for 3,600 of inputs, so that's 12 lots of 300 a month and a bit of growth of about 1300. Now looking ahead, eventually that'll get to 2061 and that'll be worth uh, over 1 million. So that's the plan. So let's see how I'm doing against the plan. So we've got here the end of year target, 24,932, and the current value is bang on 27,000, which is an increase of 2,270 since the last review approximately two months ago. Now I have put in another 600 as part of that value increase and there'll be another 300 to go in by the end of the year for December's deposit. So my estimated year end position is at 27,300 and that if you take into account the fact see some more money's got in is an investment gain of 1,670 since my last update. So I'm tracking to be around about 10% above my end of year target. So that's really positive. If I can get ahead early, that will help the compounding effect be even more substantial as I go forward. So very happy with where that is at the moment. Now looking at the kind of breakdown of the portfolio, it's very similar to where it was two months ago. So first of all, the individual company's element is 40%, and that's only one percentage point up. Index track is unchanged at 26. A cash position has dropped slightly to 14. And then no change in either the managed funds at 12, bonds at six, or commodities at two. So that kind of split between different instruments is uh, essentially the same as it was two months now what I will show you is my top six stocks, I haven't shown this before. But I thought it would be interesting exercise just to understand 
how that share portfolio portion of, of my position is looking. So of the share portfolio, I've consistently said to people, my favourite stock is Bank OZK. I've even done a show on that one in particular. And that is one-eighth or 12% of my stock position. And that's, uh, that's the biggest holding. And since I bought that, which was this year, the capital return has been 9%. A lot of people, a lot of apps will show just your capital return. How the potential sell price varies from the price you purchased at. However, what it won't show is that is your total return, which will include the dividend element as well. So though Bank OZK's return 9% capital, actually I've had some dividend payments, the total return has been 11%. And I can't really give that a proper compound annual growth rate figure because I haven't had it for a year yet. Now second on my list is one of the first stock positions I've ever bought, I think it might have been the second uh, back in 2013. So it says Unilever and that accounts for 8 percentage points of my stock uh, company portfolio. Now I've had a capital return on that was 69% over the period which is pretty good. When you add the dividend into that, that 69% increases to 101%. So the dividends have played an important part in that uh, growth. And of course I've been able to use those dividends towards other stocks which hopefully have earned money. Now that's kind of a compound growth rate of 11%. So that uh, is pretty impressive for that one. So that's well above that 6.66% minimum level. And yes, yeah, around about my desired 10%. Now my third biggest position, six percentage points of my stock portfolio is the Unum Group. I bought that one this year as well, American Insurance Company. Again, a capital return of 9% and with dividends, its total return is 12%. And then the next three biggest positions are all UK based insurance companies. So maybe it's not the most exciting portfolio, but I think all of these have been undervalued at various points. And this is why I have bought them. Undervalued good companies, unlikely to fail. So Aviva is six percentage points of my company's position. Capital return, that's been 14% with dividends. That's a total return of 15%. That's only been purchased this year. Same with legal in general at 5%. That's returned 20% on the capital. I say return, it's on paper because I haven't actually sold it. A bit of dividend, that's a total return of 22%. And finally, Direct Line, which is one of my longer term shareholdings, which is five percentage points of my position, companies, and the capital return, that's actually minus 10%, which doesn't sound so good, but then if you include the dividend, that boosts that to a total return of 19%, and then as a compound annual growth rate, that's actually 6%, so it's slightly below. But I do think, having done some analysis on it a couple of times this year, that it is undervalued and that capital return will improve and therefore boosting that annual rate to above my 6.66. Uh, I think they're a very good company. I'm actually a customer of theirs. Uh, they're very unlikely to fail. So I meet rule one of value investing, don't lose your money. I think there's upside as well. I've got low debt levels, so I'm pretty happy with that one. Now I look at that top six and then part of my analysis is, okay, that top six, a quick adding up there, looks like it's about 40% or so, 42% of the overall stock holdings that I have. And actually I prefer my top six would be a bigger proportion of that. But I think part of the thing you need to look at is 
have I got too many companies? Am I going big in my favourite ones as well? So Backnoza can't expect to be top of the list for me because uh, it is my favourite company. I think it's I think it's outstanding, and I think there's a lot more to come from. I'm very happy that they are top position there. But actually, I was perhaps hoping that Berkshire Hathaway would be in my top six, and also American Express. American Express, since I bought it, has shot up in price, so I think the margin of safety isn't there anymore, which is why that's not on that list. So the learning was actually, if I liked it that much, I should have purchased more of it earlier. And the same for Berkshire Hathaway. I think I bought them around about 170 or so for the B-class shares, and they're kind of more around the 230 region, which doesn't leave me a sufficient margin of safety. In fact, on Berkshire, probably about the only company that I'd accept a lower than 50% margin of safety. Probably accept 33% of them as an exception, given the research done to the company. And I think looking at what that company's based on, there's any way that it can fail. And therefore the only possible error could be in my sums. But if Berkshire have been buying back their own shares recently, which they have in the last quarter, then that suggests that they themselves don't think they're overvalued or they think they're a little bit undervalued. And therefore, yeah, I'd take a low margin of safety on that basis because who knows the business better than them. I need to get my favoured companies, the ones I think are the best in my portfolio, to feature more heavily on this list, to be more concentrated in those because I think they're the best companies with the biggest upside. Then they should have a bigger proportion of the portfolio. So I think the learning there is I want to share is do you have a look at your returns first of all? A lot of people say look at their capital returns, do have a look at your total returns and what that translates to as an annual rate. Compare it to your targets and what you need, do do sets and targets. And then also look at have you got the right weightings. Now there's no right or wrong answer, but the more confident you are, the more convinced you are on a particular company, the more you should put into that rather than investing perhaps in your 30th or 40th best choice, why not put more in the best choice, assuming the price is, is still right. And when you go in and you think it's a great company, be more committed. So Banco's okay, I could have put probably treble the amount in and I put into them. But I was holding on for more cash to try and identify something better. But actually, is that a mistake? Possibly. So it's worth thinking about. So the key changes I've just run through since the last review. Now, first of all, I have sold Compass Group. Compass Group does a lot of catering on flights and in buildings and very impacted by the COVID situation. Now, they were an amazing company. They were on a capital basis alone over 100% and getting towards 150% when you include dividends. And they were the very first individual share that I bought. I think that was in 2013, if memory serves, but they were the first one. But I sold them, and that's because their, their price jumped up a bit. This was just during the autumn time, rather. And I thought it's going to be very difficult for them to recover their previous levels because the air travel is not going to be, even if a vaccine comes in, it's not going to get to previous levels quickly. And also, people are going to be working and learning away from centralised hubs a bit more in the future. So for them to get to their previous path and size, I thought that's unlikely. I'd rather take the cash and put it to something else. So I've sold them and the total return from them um, was about 56%. So still, still decent, but actually a lot lower than it would have been. That's due to um, the COVID 
situation. I've also sold the container store group. This is a very small, it's got tactical holding. And I do have a very small percentage of the funds allocated, kind of these quick tactical uh, punts, I suppose, 5%. And this was one of those, and I made uh, approximately 35 to 40% on them um, in the space of about two to three months. And then I've got out of that one. So I've banked back the profits, so I'll be on the lookout for another one of these kind of quick tactical punts. But that's very much a thing where the risk is slightly higher, but the return is substan potentially substantially much higher and potentially more quick as well. It's a bit of risk rewards, and I only want that to be a maximum of 5% of my portfolio because there's, there's less value investing and more kind of looking at growth or speculation. So I want to keep that limited to that very small portion. So that's what I've let go. I've had some new shares in. So K3 Capital Group, which is a UK-based company. And that looks like quite an exciting new addition to the portfolio. And I've also increased my position in Aviva, which is why I've here on that table that we talked about a few minutes ago. I think they are have been undervalued. I like what they're doing in terms of how they're looking at the company. So they're selling off some of their overseas assets. They're trying to concentrate more on their kind of core UK, Ireland and Canada markets they know better, where they've got a good position and a good brand, and I think the company is, is undervalued. And then finally, kind of my new kind of tactical play for this uh, period is Ramico Resources. And you know, that's, uh, there's quite a lot of upside potential this one, but again, it does depend, and it's a bit of a punt on some of the election results in terms of who would get in and how friendly they would be to coal, for example. So let's see what happens with that one. I'm slightly down on it at the moment, so I just need to consider how I'm going to play that. So that is uh, yeah, what's new in the portfolio. Appreciate you joining me and spending a bit of time to run through that. And there are a few ways to help out the channel if you'd like to. Uh, first is on, on YouTube, if you want to be alerted to more of these videos, hit the subscribe and bell and that way you'll be able to be alerted when they come through. And that, that's good, the more subscribers for me, the better. Secondly, if you particularly like the video that you're watching, if you're looking on YouTube, then if you hit the like button, then that signifies to the YouTube algorithm that this is a good video, that it will share it with other people. And finally, if you have questions or observations, please drop a comment. Uh, a second key way to support the channel will be through the Patreon group where you can become a supporter or indeed become a VIP patron, have your name called out at the end of uh, some of the YouTube videos. And finally, the Quidco cashback link. So if you're buying online, you don't use cashback sites, have a look at the show I did on that one. There's a cashback link where we can both earn a little bit extra if you sign up. So I'd, uh, yeah, ask you have a look at that. So thank you very much and I will see you next time.